If you're getting this message, it means we were successful once again in getting past the jammers and are now broadcasting on pirate radio from the free state of Texas. Stand by for more critical information to follow. Many Bothans died getting this message. All right, we're live. Hello, loyal audience. You guys are keeping us going. <laughs> Without yeah. them, this would be possible. It would not be possible. <laughs> <laughs> and once again, everybody missed out on the, how long? Like 30 minutes of conversation we had beforehand. Oh, at least. I don't know. It's dangerous. It'd be dangerous to record that, I think. We should do, we should do, uh, what is it, a Patreon for like the loyal listeners, you know, where you have, you pay a little bit of money and then you get like the pregame. Oh man. For a couple hours. <laughs> and then we got to just feed information to certain people like, hey man, we talked about you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to pay <laughs> to hear it. <laughs> uh, that could be but, awesome. Like just make up some salacious dirt on somebody and then <laughs> tell yeah. Oh my gosh. Did you ever see that office episode where, uh, where Michael just like went around the office and made rumors up about everybody? <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, dude, it was priceless. Yeah. I never, I never watched that. All right. I mean, I watched a little bit of it, but it's more of a parks and recreation guy. I don't know okay. if that came out at the same time or afterwards, but. Came out like right after. Okay. The guy who's like made, a sh- shameless spinoff. Yeah, like one of the guys who like wrote The Office, wrote that, wrote Parks and Rec. Hmm. Makes sense. I think he also wrote, uh, was it that Brooklyn, uh, was it 99 or whatever? Hmm. I don't know. Brooklyn 99. Not always sunny in Philadelphia. That's a great show. You've it never seen that. Show. Oh, it's so dumb, but it's hilarious. I love how well, just how uh, I'm glad it came on when it did because if it started up now, they wouldn't it wouldn't be as funny. Right. Well, I say right, but I'm not sure what. What do you mean by that? <laughs> The, the jokes, man, there's like, there's no way they would have been able to, just a brand new show saying the stuff that they were saying. Yeah. Like you just you well, can't get away with that now. They would have been canceled, canceled yeah. for sure. But they, they're, they're kind of grandfathered in. Right. Since they existed before. It's kind of like South Park and that stuff, you know, they're just grandfathered in. That's just, you know, what, what they do. That's that is interesting. I you gotta wonder if we're ever gonna see TV like that again. Probably not. Well, not until I mean, this cloud of wokeness leaves. Right, if it ever leaves. But I mean, it's the the real comedy is just transforming and moving to different mediums. Uh, podcasting is big, and then just um, the comedians. I listen to a lot of comedians. And they're just releasing their own stuff on their own websites. Um, it's it's moving. The networks are dead. All the legacy media is dead. It's transforming right before our eyes. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. crazy it's all moving about. to the real comedies moving to Texas. Austin is now the comedy mecca of really? the world, basically. Yeah really want to get down to that Joe Rogan's mothership down there at some point. Sounds like a good time. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Oh, and then there's that <clears throat> that uh podcast that we both listened to the out of they're out of Austin too, right? The Drinking uh, Bros. Yeah, the Drinking Bros. I listen to all yeah. their stuff. It's just it's that's an example of stuff that just couldn't be said anywhere else but on a podcast. It'd be yeah. cool to get down there. I know you had talked about wanting to go down and sit in with one of their uh, episodes. Yeah, that would be pretty cool. We should do it. We plug our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Get hate listens at least. Oh, definitely get hate listens. 
especially when I've gone off about Black Rifle because they're still associated with them. Oh, right. That'd be spicy. Go on there and trash Black Rifle. <laughs> <laughs> See if you can get kicked off. That'd be cool. That, w- that would be pretty sweet. People said some pretty outrageous stuff on there, but nobody's been kicked off yet. No. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I saw this uh, ad on Instagram for Black Rifle. And uh, I was like, this chick uh, behind the counter, and this guy's like, oh, I ordered an iced coffee. And she's like, oh, okay. And like just threw it and hit the janitor in the face for some reason. I don't know. I think it's like a, what do you call it, a trending joke or whatever on Instagram. Hmm. So anyway... I got on there and said, oh, the janitor must have been a conservative <laughs> since they hate conservatives. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I I still haven't put – I know you've told me about it, but I still haven't put those pieces together. And the freaking – they brought it up. People have brought that topic up before, and I, the drinking bros seem to think that there was a big misunderstanding. Something about – Kyle Rittenhouse in a t-shirt and then I don't even know yeah Evan Hafer the guy who is in charge of the coffee portion of it gave some really I don't know not genuine apologies and uh, reasons as to why you know he said what he said Mm -hmm. tried to backtrack but then it's like he's kept digging himself further and further yeah it's like he'd apologize. It's like, okay, I can kind of get it. And then he's like, gets interviewed by the New York Times and then just takes another dump on conservatives. And it's like, all right, well, I don't know why you think that like liberals are going to drink your stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's classic. I mean, we've got the perfect example with Bud Light, man. Talk <laughs> about digging yourself deeper. I mean, I, I saw it was actually. It was pretty good. I liked the ad. Um, they came out recently with one where it's like a park and a picnic table. And like a big wind starts blowing and there's this lady sitting there on the bench and she just keeps whatever, eating watermelon or something. And all the plates are blowing and everything's everybody's running away. And it's like, okay, I get it. So you, you have enough self-awareness to realize the predicament that you're in, but it's still kind of tone deaf. You should come back on bended knee and beg everybody to forgive. They really you really know? should. That's the only thing that might work at this point. I mean, but, their sales are down 30%. I mean, I think the brand is dead. That particular brand is not going to make it. I mean, here in America, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll be fine. The company as a whole will be fine. Yeah. I mean, it's because people are switching. Like, oh, I'm not drinking Bud Light anymore, and they're grabbing another freaking brand of Anheuser Busch. So exactly, and it's the same thing with like the Target boycott. Mm. You know, it's like for the month of June, you know, white women stopped going to Target, but then as soon as July first hit and the American flag stuff got rolled out, they're like, "Oh, we forgive you." Mm-hmm. You just can't beat those sales. Those oh, sales we, promotions. We haven't been into Target since then. Yeah, I we haven't either. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, I don't think been to Target in a very long time. I don't know. I just uh, I'm less upset about the the gay stuff and more upset about uh, the sat- Satan stuff. That that's a reasonable position. <laughs> I just didn't want to buy things that were created by a, a Satanist. All right, you got to fill me in on that a little bit. I've heard whispers, but I don't know the story. Oh, uh, they're figuring. I don't know. All the like, like a lot of the pride clothing or whatever was designed by a, a satanic, non-binary, blah blah blah, whatever. Hmm. whatever hyphenated I don't know intersections you want to attach to the person I I heard they were selling shirts that had devil on it or something like that 
I don't see. I don't know if they're selling those shirts, but the same designer had made shirts like that, and then they oh, okay. kind of got conflated into each other. And um, yeah, created a big panic. Yeah, wonderful. Yeah, it's just there's never a never a, a break in it, is there? There's always something new. I just, man, I remember when I was a kid, you. Just, you never knew. You never knew politics of companies, and you you, just, you didn't really care, right? And like, I hate I, I hate being that age where I can where I'm you know going oh back in my day, but I mean honestly, like back in my day, it's like you looked for things that were made in America because you knew it was going to last, and you avoided Chinese stuff because it was cheap Chinese crap. Yeah, you know, you're like, oh, that's made in China. You know, put that back. You know. And, like, you didn't know if Levi's, you know, where they stood on various political issues, and you didn't care. Yeah. Well, and a lot of times, they just didn't have, most of them didn't have political opinions, which is the logical thing to do as a company. It's uh, Michael Jordan, I think, he was asked about politics once, and he said, well, I'm not going to take a position because I'm going to alienate 50% of the population, whichever way I fall, you know? Yeah. And I mean, that's true. And it's, I don't know. It's exhausting, man. It is exhausting. And like, I, you know, again, personally, I don't really care, but it's like, also when you personally attack me, I mean, that that makes me less likely to want to buy your things. So I don't know. It's a it's a new thing. It really is. I think the the companies have just become so large. It's it's weird for me to say this too because I've always taken the position that I'm pro companies because it, it had been a a kind of liberal left wing type position to be anti corporation. Oh, the corporations are paying their workers slave wages and they're wrecking the environment and they're just these terrible, terrible things. I'm like, it's just a company. Like they're making products and you can decide to buy it or not. And they're paying wages and people are agreeing to work for them. But I've shifted my opinion now over time. These companies, once they got into politics, it really changed my opinion. It's they've become so powerful that they can shift governments in effect, which is, that's where it starts to get concerning. Um, and you look at um, some of the investment companies, you got BlackRock and State Street and all whatever, all these gigantic investment companies that are behind this uh, ESG scores and directly linked to companies becoming politicized. It's, um, it's concerning to say the least. Yeah, definitely is. I remember, I'm old enough to remember uh, when Walmart started getting big and blowing up. And uh, they used to pride themselves or like their their selling point is like during the, I don't know, probably like early 90s when like, I think when Clinton's trade agreement went through and we did sell everything to China. But uh, Mm -hmm. they were saying, you know, we're American made only products. And then people started finding like Chinese stuff in their in their stores, and that was like a big scandal. And then that's right. when everything, I don't know, got bad. I guess. Uh, yeah. What was it? Do you, what was it like for you growing up? You're younger than me. Do you have any memories of these things? Not really. I've never really paid attention. I was. I don't know if it was. It, it didn't seem like it affected me at all. Bottom line, like stuff that was made in China. I never, I've never paid attention to it, you know, and it kind of comes from when I was a little older and I kind of understood uh, economics a little better and stuff. I was, it just didn't matter that it was made in China, I guess, because mm. it just seemed like, oh, it will just, it'll wash out. It's like, yeah, it's you know, oh, taking jobs away from America. And it's like, what kind of jobs, you know? It's, do we really want 
those jobs in the country where you work in a factory, you know, making jeans, I, you know, for $5 an hour or, you know, whatever they're doing in China, which is probably like a dollar a day or less, you know, it's like, okay, that's cool. We can afford to shift those jobs and we'll have more intellectual, better paying jobs here. But just over time, we've funded China, who it turns out is kind of our, (laughs) it turns out, they've always been completely antithetical to everything that the United States believes. That's the only reason really that China is a threat is because we funded them over time. We've outsourced all this manufacturing and we've sent them trillions and trillions of dollars over the years. So I, I never really pay attention as a kid, but I guess that's probably the same thing with a lot of people. We've just been uh, funding our, one of our greatest rivals for decades. Seems to be a history of America doing that. Yeah. Funding well, funding the other side. <laughs> Training up the Mujahideen so we could just fight them for 20 years. Yeah. It's It takes some foresight to not do stuff like that. You know, the manufacturing, it's... It, makes sense economically that companies would outsource labor, which is going to be the most expensive component of any product. If, you know, if they could just outsource it overseas, then prices go down, which is kind of what you want with any company is competition. You know, innovation is going to lower prices, but it's kind of an unforeseen byproduct uh, sending all of this manufacturing capability and money overseas. It's, you know, there's no, it's like what we should have done is just innovate and keep it in America. You know, you don't necessarily need people doing manual labor in these factories. You just invest in better technology. Um, but, you know, it's hard to blame these companies. A lot of, you know, CEOs, the people who run it, they're not there for decades, you know, they're there for a short period of time until they go to their next position. So you're looking at short term decisions. Um, but, you know, it's like, what, how would we solve this problem? How would we bring back manufacturing to the United States? Um, and I don't want to see it legislated necessarily because that gets slippery real quick. Right. Like you have to, you have to have American workers. You have to do this. You have to do that. Um, it should be more incentive based. You know, we have one of the highest tax rates in the world. And that's a lot of the problem. It's, you know, and a lot of the labor regulations too, which are good. Um, that makes American workers cost more. So you've got taxes, more expensive labor. Of course, you're going to go overseas. So we really should be incentivizing these companies to come back. Well, I think that's that's a lot of what Trump was doing, was, yeah. was bringing that back. With tariffs, which is a way to do it, but the American consumer is paying that, it's, you know. So it's not necessarily hurting. It, it hurts the other countries in that demand drops, but... It's the American people are just paying it. You're just increasing the price on everything that we're paying for. That's made overseas. Right. But that, that would be limited because it's you're, you're essentially pricing the companies out from being able to do that eventually to the point where they are like, they were starting to come back and manufacture here. Right. So eventually, like if if you make it far more cost effective for a company to manufacture domestically, and they begin doing that, well, one that creates more American jobs, and two um, that would eventually drive down the prices of things because they're you know the shipping is far less because you're not having to pay the tariffs, right? To essentially you know reprocess things, you're you're sending things over there. 
having tariffs from them and then importing it back, getting tariffs from America. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like you're double dipping on that versus just manufacturing it here and then putting it on a truck or a train and sending it to wherever. Yeah. You know, I'm not, I'm now thinking through this again, that really does make sense. It is an incentive. So you have tariffs on one hand and then you, the other thing I would love to see is lower taxes, lower regulations. Which is also what he was doing. Right. That's, it's it's scary. It's this really scary situation we found ourselves in. Um, and we saw it with all the supply shortages and because of shipping during COVID. Um, we realized that, you know, all of our microchips, all of our medicines, the off, off-brand medicines, you know, transformers, extremely critical stuff is all being made overseas. And we don't necessarily have much control over it. No, we don't. It's and the shipping that that's the thing that really blows my mind that it's cheaper to basically send raw materials on a boat to another country. They manufacture the product and then it gets shipped back to us. That's just madness. You know, it's cheaper. It's still cheaper in a lot of cases, but just my efficiency and my mind, you know, just that's just disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Just think of how much, how many resources are being used Ugh, just because labor is cheaper. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know for, then it's, you're getting involved in essentially slave labor because people are kids that, you know, they have no regulations. It's all child slave labor. Right. Isn't that just the the second and third order consequences? You know, we get these really progressive, wonderful labor laws in the United States. And what does it end up producing? It, it ends up producing slave labor in other countries. It's like, yeah, if you're thinking about it in utilitarian perspective, it's it's. Um, not good. Like, what is the overall harm? You know, somebody only has to work 40 hours a week and they have to make a certain amount of money and they have to have workers comp and they have to have social security and Medicare and Medicaid and all this other crap. That, But what's the marginal difference there when you're just having slaves do the work somewhere else? Yeah. yeah. It's kind of messed up. Yeah, I don't know. To me, there's there's answers to these things, but I don't know. I feel like as a country, we're just we're not we're not willing to do them. Yeah, it it has to be it has to be brought to people's attention because you really don't think about it. I mean, you'd buy a new cell phone every year you're buying a bunch of technology you're just throwing it away you're buying that electric car because it makes you feel good but you're not thinking about the actual consequences what's actually happening you know that right. lithium in your cell phone is being mined by a child in africa you know right it's it's pretty messed up Tariffs, tariffs and lower taxes, and then perhaps a law that, you know, it would be hard to actually enforce this, but, you know, hey, guess what? You're Apple. You cannot be paying people to have slaves work for them, you know? Really? Some sort of anti-slavery legislation, but that'd be almost... You know, that's the thing is these companies just they go out of outside of the United States jurisdiction. They can basically do whatever the heck they want. <sighs> I mean, that's that's what happens when, I don't know, politicians are there just to line their own pocket. Not really. Not really care about the American public. Yeah. yeah, And I mean, and even if they 
do care about the American public. It's the, the companies and corporations are way too powerful in a lot of respects. Yeah. I think that's like BlackRock with $10 trillion. Or, or, uh, yeah, I said it and it sounded crazy. $10 trillion in assets. It's like they came up with a, the hack. They hacked the system. You know, you just dump your money into real estate and just keep growing and growing and growing your company until you're so big that you can basically control almost every single company in the United States. You know, they own a significant share in almost every major company in the United States. It's They've become, I mean, they're more powerful than almost any country out there you can name. And I think we're seeing, I guess, like the negative uh, effects of that. I mean, that's like you said earlier, they were basically ran by corporations that are worried about their ESG scores. And I mean, are basically forming popular opinion. Right. I mean, I mean, when banks can say, oh, we're closing on your account because we don't we don't like what you say and you can be refused access to places because they don't they don't like what you say. I mean, that's that's crazy. It really is. And it goes along with that. It's people have thought about this, you know, um, what the heck is his name? Uh, evil Darth Vader, the World Economic Forum. Schwabby. Yeah, Schwab. It's they they came to this conclusion years ago. It's a partnership and oligarchy of corporations is very close if they're not there already of running the entire world. It's kind of like once again with BlackRock, it's like a cheat code. They created this uh, parallel governing body and just decided like, well, we're never going to get absolute control of all these governments by being elected. So let's just amass all of the money. If you've got the money, you have the power. And so they've slowly been building this uh, organization for decades. um, And they're pretty close if they're not there already to actually running the world. It's, it's like a unelected one world government of corporations. Yeah. Yeah. See, I can just tell you're getting depressed. Well, I mean, like, what's the solution to that? You know, the solution would be to, for countries to start respecting their own sovereignty and putting their foot down. And America used to lead the charge in that, but no one, no one is willing to do that. I mean, we... We just had, uh, what do you call it, a, a congressional hearing on freaking aliens. <laughs> and like, and I'm sorry, but they're, t- they're treating that as like a serious thing. And like, to me, that's the least of our problems when the same week when our president has like three different um, pieces of evidence that come out that this dude is corrupt as can be. And then the next day, they just uh, retaliate by indicting the former president, who also happens to be the leader in the polls to be the next president. And it's, it's just like, dude, this is such circus crap, dude. Yeah. It's, it's so stupid. Like, they, oh, my gosh, dude. <laughs> like, they just waste so much time and they're – for supposedly being an opposition party, they're they're putting down zero opposition. Mm-hmm. They impeached him on his way out just to get another one in, and there's clear evidence, video evidence, paper evidence, actual witnesses to things, and 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 they're not not even trying to put forth an impeachment hearing. Are you mm-hmm. kidding me? Yeah, well, they know it's pointless because it'll never go through the Senate, but, I mean... That didn't stop them? No, it didn't. He got two. He, he, he got impeached twice for nothing. And it's a line, you know. It's a line in the sand. It was drawn there 
you know, it's they impeached they impeached Trump for purely, you know, political reasons because it wasn't ever going to go through. So now tit for tat. If you were a serious opposition party, you would do the same thing. And then that starts a never-ending cycle of every single politician, every single president being impeached going forwards, which is a terrible precedent to set, but it's already been set. Yeah. It's been done. We crossed the line. Now, it's tit for tat, which is logical. So do you take the moral high ground at this point? And is there a moral high ground of not impeaching the other one to start to stop that precedent from continuing to roll forwards. I mean, but I think there's, is it a moral? That, yeah. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna, I mean, is it a moral high ground when, okay, they, they impeach your guy with zero evidence. You have all the evidence and you don't impeach. Is that a moral high ground or is that just not doing the right thing? I get what you're saying, but, I also strongly believe in in doing the right thing, especially when it comes to the American people. When these people, for some reason, have in their head that they're you know like royalty, and that they they were appointed, which I'm sure they were, but <laughs> you know they're they're so we give them the power. It's the people that gave them the power. And they're supposed to be sitting there like the Ilhan Omars. They're supposed to be making Minnesota better. Instead, it's turning into a third world. I don't even know, dude. This place is almost uninhabitable. And but but she's she's over there. Married her uh, her uh, financial guy, probably so they couldn't um, get them to testify against each other. And she's over there, you know, worth millions. Freaking AOC, the former bartender who is complaining about not being able to afford an apartment in D.C. off of her congressional salary is now worth multi-millions? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Yeah. So, like, I, like, I'm sorry, and I'm not, like, coming after you, but, like, I mean, moral high ground, I mean, it, there is no moral high ground at this point. I agree. It, it, are you just are you just going to allow the, the this charade of incompetence and thievery to continue? Or are you going to somebody needs to stand their ground and say no? We're going to do the right thing. Yeah, I I agree with you. It's just I don't want to see it because I think right now we are witnessing the end of America. It is it there like I said about lines being crossed. You could argue about when that line was crossed, but it's at the end stages, whichever way you look at it. Whether or not we've passed the point of no return, which I think we have, um, we're going. It's once once we see this cycle, it's it's over. I mean, we really have. I think the the biggest takeaway from this whole Trump fiasco and all the indictments, it's clear. It's very clear to anyone who wants to look at it objectively, that the justice system is completely, completely corrupt. It's a joke that you can prosecute a ham sandwich or indict a ham sandwich. It's been a joke for a while, but when you start indicting your political rival during an election campaign, um, we've crossed so many red lines. It's I mean, it's, it's done, man. I, you know, I, the other indictments of, you know, Trump, I, you know, I'm like, okay, whatever, sure. Try it, try it. But they keep going and they keep getting more and more absurd. I was seething with anger when I heard about this latest one. It's, and it's not because of Trump and it's not because, you know, I support him it's not because I'm against the Democrat. It's because we are destroying our institutions. Yeah. And in the public, everybody sees it. You know, it it's broken. How can you ever trust the media again? How can you ever trust 
the Justice Department? How can you ever trust the FBI? The CIA, you know, they lost that years ago. But how can you trust elections? What, you know, once you start really, once you lose faith in these institutions, the country does not exist anymore. And this crazy politics being brought into everything, it's not Trump. It is not Trump. You know, for anybody listening who hates his guts and hates Republicans, it's not them. It's it's the system itself. It has become so corrupt that it is irredeemable at this point. You know, and more and more and more people are waking up to that fact. And once you lose faith in the institutions, the country ceases to exist. It's just going to become more and more intense political infighting until there's you know, what, you know, what does that look like? You could look at, just look at every other civilization, civilization that's collapsed. You know, the Roman Republic is a good, good example there. And it spirals out of control with corruption until you get a dictator. And then farther, you know, they, they had a really good run though. So, you know, they had, what almost a thousand years or something like that, but it wasn't, uh, wasn't a cakewalk that's for sure that's yeah i just saw something where uh at the end of the roman empire too they had uh emperors getting into the gladiator pits and stuff and <laughs> I, I mean now we have elon musk and zuckerberg getting ready to fight in the ufc like yeah we're there man we, we are. are there now you know with the the alien hearings and all, I really, I think the, the government itself is, it's losing its legitimacy and it's realizing it and it's, it doesn't really have the power anymore. Um, they've, it's, it's been so thoroughly degraded um, and corrupted that I really think the corporations have more power than the government. The only thing the government really has legitimate authority over now is the military. Um, you know, they nominally have legitimacy over the currency, but they've so trashed that it's a joke. You know, the only thing they can really do is start wars. And that's kind of what we've been seeing for a while is that that's where they flex their muscle and then distraction as well. Like these stupid congressional hearings. I agree with you. I really wanted to see, I was excited about that alien hearing and it just, it's a joke. It came down to freaking hearsay. Yeah. It's like we have craft and bodies from otherworldly vehicles in storage. It's like, did you see it? No, no, no. Other people told me it's like, um, okay. Why are we talking about this? That's hearsay. <laughs> That's 100%. So we had this guy come up and tell us a story. Wow cool story time in congress he's telling alien stories it's like what are we doing yeah <laughs> that's what they're that's what they're doing when <laughs> yeah oh my gosh as the system comes crumbling down oh our debt you know they're just doing it because our uh, credit rating got downgraded so they got to come up with a uh little story time about aliens in Congress. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's all just distraction and the setup for, I don't know, Project Bluebeam, man. And that's, that's, you know, I really think that is, that's what they're good at is distraction. So I, I really think they'll, they're going to try it. I, as crazy as it seems, I think they're going to try it. They're setting us up for that. It's just a slow drip of, aliens it came out of freaking nowhere you know we had the roswell craze back in the day it kind of went away it went fringe and now it's freaking mainstream there has to be a reason for that yeah it's gonna be you... oh go ahead i was gonna say do you see the reaction to the like nobody cared yeah yeah so I don't I don't know I don't know what their their next plan is but just it went over and, and and nobody nobody cared that they 
But I mean, nobody cared that they admitted to killing Kennedy either. So, I, right. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know either. I, I just, if we had freaking alien spacecraft flying around in the sky, landing on the White House lawn, I don't think there's going to be much of a reaction to it. They're like, <laughs> yeah, it's fake. <laughs> yeah. It's fake. But. Depressing. I don't know, man. It's super depressing. I, I, I don't... I don't know. I don't even it's, know where you go from here. It's kind of cool, though. It's just, the you know... What are the chances you get to live through the downfall of the greatest civilization that's ever existed? <laughs> I mean, it's a cool time to be alive. Yeah. Yeah. Well... I mean, that's one way to look at it, I yeah. guess. <laughs> you got to look at the bright side sometimes. We missed out on on the Roman Empire falling, so we got to watch the American Empire fall. Yeah. I mean, nobody has... There's books, so many books written about the rise and fall of the Roman Republic and then the Empire, and it's all speculation, and there's no good answers, and I think we should just look at what's going on now and compare it to back then. And then we can be like, Oh yeah, that makes sense. There's a uh, corruption. That's why the Republic transitioned into, into a dictatorship corruption. You can see the steps play out with the, the politics and the endless litigation against uh, your political rivals to try to bankrupt them and put them in prison. That's, that's why we got Julius Caesar. I mean, yeah. If if he hadn't uh, taken over and fought a civil war and taken over the uh, dictatorship, he would have been killed or put in prison. So we're just creating those incentives right now. And whether it's Trump or whether it's the next guy, it's going to happen. It's going to happen very soon. Um, just just prepare yourselves, people. Read a little bit. Listen to Dan Carlin's um, Death Rose of the Republic. It's a 10-part series, and it is freaking gold. It's just, it just illustrates the, the beginning, basically kind of talks about how Rome was a bunch of, um, there were a bunch of independent kingdoms, then they were united under a king, then the, the patrician class overthrew the king and set up a system, a uh, republic, but they still basically controlled it behind the scenes. You had elections, you know, a semi, it was a republic. It's not a democracy. Um, so there was checks and balances. And it just became more and more and more corrupt as Rome grew and, you know, had more influence over the world. More money came into the picture. And it just devolved into the worst nasty you know almost exactly like today minus the stabbings in the street but um you know we saw kennedy get killed i mean it's pretty dang similar um then mobs buying off the population to go riot and burn things down um and then you got a strong man come in and just take over the entire system. It's a, uh, it's a pretty, uh, it parallels <laughs> very, very, very closely to what's going on today. Even down to the language that some of these people used when they talked about what was happening at the time. So, yeah. Yeah. I think that's why they, they don't want to, um, actually teach like history and stuff in school anymore. Cause People would be like, hey, wait a minute. Sounds exactly like what's going on now. It is. It's really interesting, though, that, you know, the the founding fathers of this country studied that. We have the same books. We have the same writing that they had. Um, and they set up this system to make sure that something like that didn't happen again. Um, so it's, it's kind of the best effort, you know, 2000 years later 
to recreate the system because when it worked, it worked pretty well for a time, but, and they understood also that you need morality. That's the part that makes the system actually function. If you lose morality, then people will just sabotage the system. So it works yeah. as long as there's moral people running the system, you lose that game over. There is no system um, that will work. I mean, feudalism is probably what human beings are designed to live under the best. Um, just the corruption goes straight to the top and nobody else has a say, you know, it's just the evil, most tyrannical guy, you know, and levels beneath that. I think that's feudalism really is the system that we are capable of living under without morality. That's, you know, that's what it's going to devolve into. I mean, feudalism, then you're, are you talking about feudalism without morality as well? Yeah, yeah. Because, I mean, then you're you're essentially under a dictatorship because then you do get a dictator who, I mean, they kind of treat us like we're in a feudal society now anyway. Yeah, it's just you don't have the official positions, you know. It'd be like you live under a local earl or something or a baron and he gets to just uh it, you know what it, it what comes down to is farming people for their resources yeah. um and which is pretty you're right i mean we're pretty close to that right now if you have a subscription to anything um which everything's kind of moving towards i mean you, if you rent i mean even if you're renting from the bank we're all just being uh farmed essentially yeah you know you you go to work you make your money but pretty almost every american spends every single penny that they have it gets siphoned off to various different you know different things i mean i was just talking with somebody about um health insurance it's like well you know why did, uh, we're you know we're paying between myself paying out of pocket and then wages that gets pulled out before I, you know, before me, before the paycheck. And then what the company contributes, I mean, we're paying pretty close to $20,000 a year for health insurance and we don't use any of that, but you know, it's, it's like that with almost everything. Yeah. (laughs) no i was looking up the national debt i had to pull out my paper i wrote down some notes if you really want to get depressed look at um usdebtclock.org i encourage encourage you to just pull that up and look at it quick um so this this goes back to why our credit rating has been downgraded from triple a to whatever double a plus um and it has to do with the debt so right now the um the federal debt is 31.4 trillion dollars i believe um which is what's on the books um and what got me talking about health insurance is the um medicare medicaid and social security that comes out of your check before you even see it. And that supposedly goes into a uh, social security trust fund, which is something that was set up. um, Who the heck set it up? Was it FDR? Um, I believe so. So it's supposed to go into a trust fund. It's for people because you're too stupid to save your money for retirement. You're going to be broke. The government's going to have this little account for you that's going to earn interest and it'll get paid out to you when you retire. Well, funny enough, the government uh, just took all that money and it's it. They redistribute it to other people and it is not being invested. So that's where you get the unfunded liabilities, which are not on the books. Um, primarily Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, um, quite a few other government uh, programs as well. But that number right now is let's see 
let's see, this is according to Congressional Research Service, Medicare financial status, blah, 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 blah. Uh, it's about $99.5 trillion. Um, that's off the books. Nobody includes that. That That'll be the liabilities that the U.S. government's going to incur between now and 2095. Um, so if you want to combine that with the debt that's on the books, we have... Um, and then per person, you divide that by 330 million people, you have about $300,000 per human being in this country. So you have a family of five, like me, myself. Uh, what does that work out to be? Um, 300,000 times five is like $1.5 million, right? Um, I want to take your word for that. I don't know. Yeah. So that's within my lifetime and my children's lifetimes. You can look at it as like a mortgage. So the government has taken out on our behalf $1.5 million. And the assumption with that is the economy is going to keep growing. We're going to have more people. So we'll have a bigger tax base to pay for that, sure. But it really comes down to the fact that the government has taken out $1.5 million for my family. And that bill will come due. That's, all debts are paid. Um, so whether it's me, my children, or their children, somebody's going to pay that. And that, in my opinion, is unsustainable. And that is the real problem right now with this uh, little experiment we're doing with printing money. Um, yeah, so there's some depressing news for you. <laughs> I just yeah, this one's a real downer today, dude. Yeah, <laughs> just, just I'd I'd love to find something fun. I just I'm in a down mood, I guess. But it's just the facts, you know. You you can be depressed about it or I mean, you can do something about it, too. True. And one of the things... Oh, that's the... Um, with us being farmed for money, um, most people in the United States can't... Um, can't produce $400 in the event of an emergency. So that's something to think about, too. I think that's if there's crazy. anything to take away from this, it's... Just kind of look at where your money is going. You know, you got to start with yourself, right? That's that's where everything begins. It's kind of like stoicism. It's, I think it's the foundation of a good, healthy morality or just outlook on life. Start with yourself. And if you're in that camp where you don't have $400 to your name, you got to change something. And it's cutting spending and increasing earnings. And obviously, cutting spending is the easiest thing to do there. I mean, easiest on paper, but not so easy in application. But at least you got to take a look at it. So it's something I've been bad at is putting together a budget. But I think everybody needs to put together a budget. If there's yeah. a takeaway with all this depression. It's just try to get your finances in order, order and maybe not, you know, Keep your money in a bank. Maybe have some cash or gold or whatever at your house that you can put your hands on in the event of an emergency. Or just food, you know. Food would be good. At least you're not going to starve. It's not for the first few days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was going somewhere with that, I thought. but Oh, I, I mean... Pie in the sky, too. I mean, I think Bitcoin would be a good option. Just put some money in that. Um, I think long term, the U.S. dollar is is done. Um, I, it's just a matter of time. I think um, I think Bitcoin is going to be, there's lots of moves in that direction. I really think it's going to be the backbone of the global currency going forward. So if you can get on the ground floor of it, I think it's probably a pretty safe bet. Um, 
maybe not short term. There's a lot of volatility, but 10 years, 20 years down the road, I think you'll be pretty dang happy that you got in on the ground floor of that. Just another little tidbit. So a question I have is, I see the dollar going away and then doing this uh, Federal Reserve digital currency that they're working on. Mm-hmm. What do you see as the odds of them essentially outlawing other forms of like cryptocurrency so that theirs is the only one? Hmm. I think the odds, I think it's almost 100%, I'd say. Um, because the government doesn't have any legitimacy if it doesn't have absolute control over its own currency. Um, right. I mean, because that's what governments do is they're supposed to have a stable currency. They're supposed to do all these good things. I mean, you look at it through all of history as minting of coins, right? And there's always consequences where people would deface the currency, they'd cut pieces off it, they'd do stuff like that. And there's always severe consequences for that. I mean, you would be executed if you messed with the currency or tried to create your own or meddle with it in any way. So the government only survives if it has absolute control over its own currency. So if they move to a digital dollar, they will, I mean, nothing else will be legitimate. Um, so, but what backs that? And basically right now the dollar itself is based on nothing. Um, and it's being inflated like mad. Um, so the same thing's going to happen with a digital currency. It still has to be backed with something. And what they can do is, um, which is basically what's happening now is the dollar is just, uh, bits on a computer it doesn't exist it's not real so they're going to encourage this digital dollar and you're not gonna be able to buy or sell anything without using this so it doesn't matter if it's inflated you're completely controlled um you get paid in it and you have to pay out in it and it just doesn't matter uh if it's inflated or not you have no other choice but i think the the fundamental beauty of Bitcoin is that it's decentralized and untraceable. So um, if I were to create a digital currency, I would back it with something like Bitcoin. And I think if there's any sane people left, they'll create a digital dollar backed by Bitcoin. Um, Right now, I mean, unless you started from scratch with a new blockchain currency, you're not going to be able to beat all the uh, benefits of Bitcoin. And you see uh, right now, BlackRock and a number of gigantic corporations are um, applying for ETFs that are backed by Bitcoin. I really, I think that is the direction that everything's going to move. But yeah, to your point, if they create a digital currency, they'll outlaw everything else. Um, But if you you can set up Bitcoin nodes and trade in it, um, and nobody can really uh, track it, but the problem is you're going to be paid in this uh, digital dollar, and you're not going to be able to transfer that value to anything else. So that's right. the that's the terrifying part. Mm. It's literally literally the uh, mark of the beast from. Um, the Bible yeah. is what that is. Yeah. It's, you know, you can't buy, sell, or trade in anything. You have to have the mark of the beast in your forehead or your arm, which if they do that, it'd be poetic. But um, I mean, if you're, if you have to carry around your phone or your Apple glasses to pay for things, it's pretty, pretty damn similar. But yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. On the the good <laughs> news, worse. the good news. <laughs> What's is, the good news? Um, a quadrillion dollar psyche asteroid is even weirder than we thought, say scientists. So I think this is the future of humanity, and it really could pull us out of a 
bad situation. Um, so there's this psyche uh, space probe that's going to look at this comet um, that is worth, what do they say, like a thousand quadrillion dollars um, in raw materials. Huh. So we're really getting to the point where we're starting to seriously talk about mining asteroids. So that's cool. I mean, if you're inputting a thousand quadrillion dollars worth of material into the economy, that's going to help, right? Too bad space is fake. Gosh, yeah. I forgot about that. <laughs> oh. It's it's a balancing act. I really think, though, we're on the cusp of something new. You know, we talk about the rise and fall of the Roman Republic and the Roman Empire and every empire and every freaking human organization and institution that's ever existed. But I think we're so close right now to something new. And it's that old struggle between totalitarianism and freedom. I think possibly for the first time in human history, we might be able to sustain a completely free society. Just the technology, you know, governments have always had monopolies on trade and bartering and the currency. And now we have Bitcoin, which nobody controls. Um, that's new. That's never existed before. We have open communication for the most part. You can talk with anybody around the world and say pretty much whatever you want. And nobody can stop you. Like they can try, but you can keep innovating ways to get around it. Um, yeah. It's a podcasting 2.0 podcasting index. It's based on some sort of blockchain technology and it's, it's out there and it can't be censored. So if you can get your podcast listed on that podcast index, anybody in the world can hear you. You can use VPNs. I mean, I think the technology is outpacing all paradigms of totalitarian control that have existed before. So if we can keep accelerating that te technological advancement, we're going to transform into something completely new. Um, just a completely open, decentralized, almost anarchistic state, um, which, you know, anarchy has its downsides and its flaws, but it's... It's probably the, I mean, it's obviously the freest type of society you could have. I don't know. Yeah. Start mining asteroids. I think, I think we might be close to something. A type one civilization. I don't know. I don't know. I don't see, I, I don't see really anything positive coming from this. <laughs> oh, I mean, I appreciate the, the optimistic view, but uh, I don't know, man. We're looking. To me, it's looking bleak. I don't see. I don't see. Uh, oh, because they're not, they're not going to just let the power go. No, no. So I don't. You know, there's, there's definitely going to be a struggle for that and. I mean, they definitely want to keep the power out of the hands of the people, even though we we hold all the power. But we just, I don't know, they have, to me, they have the majority of the populace, really of the world, um, just content with like, oh, I don't want to deal with this. So yeah, the, you know, have the government do it. And, you know, they, they don't want to take the time or the, or the really have the patience to be self-sufficient and not have to deal with government overreach or government power. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it, it all starts with you as the individual. And if everybody takes steps to become as independent as possible, you know, save money, Acquire assets, 
And probably the biggest thing is just, you know, voice your opinions. You know, we, we do fundamentally have all the power. I mean, governments don't exist unless we give them the power. So it's, if everybody, you know, if you took all of your money, every paycheck, which I don't advise, but a small portion and just stuck it to something like Bitcoin or you bought gold and everybody did that, you know, the dollar becomes obsolete. Yeah. And we'd have a perfectly functioning society. You know, you can, if, if everybody switched to Bitcoin instead of the dollar, it would work. You'd be able to send money with your phone to anybody at any time. You'd be able to, I mean, it, the system set up for it and the government would have no control over it. Right. You know, guess what? I don't want to pay taxes anymore. What are you going to do about it? You're going to come and arrest everybody. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? <laughs> Valid point. Yeah. But... Yeah. I don't know. I'm man. burnt out. I don't know about you. Yeah. I need to, well, take some uppers or something. <laughs> <laughs> I've had way too much caffeine. You go lay down for a while. Oh, there you go. But I don't All know. Right, well, we, we did another one. We, we're at an we hour did. and six minutes. We did do another one, a very depressing, uh, but we did it. Yeah. We should dive deep on a topic at some point. I, you know, I keep going back and forth on that because that commits us to a bunch of research. We're not getting paid for this, but I, I feel know. we did all right with like the the Tesla thing. Yeah, that was good. I like that one. Well, all right, maybe we can find some happy topics for for uh, for next time. All right, that's that's a deal. Let's do happy next episode. <laughs> all, right. all right, cool man. All right, we'll see you next time, I guess. All right, sounds good. See you next week. All right. All right. Bye. podcasts and waste of time get out of here get out of here people you're wasting your life <laughs>